guys. If it's anything like California, it is. Um, I was going to say, it's a, this is a this is my first time preaching on a Sunday night. I've shared a couple times on Wednesday nights, but for those of you who have spoken on Sunday night, it's a little bit, little bit different. It feels different. I remember, well, as I'm preparing for this, I just, the, the uh, I feel like the level of expectation I expected for myself was a little bit higher than a Wednesday night. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's all preaching the word of, of the Lord, but um, anyway, I, I remember, I remember whenever I was younger and uh, a kid and looking up and watching my dad pop preach and Dustin and Chris and I remember sitting there going, oh man, I can't wait to do that. And then as I've grown up, I remember, I, now I'm going, man, I'm okay to sit in the pew. I'd rather listen to the guys that know stuff, you know, and, and, and uh, being a youth pastor now, sometimes it's like, man, it's a lot easier whenever people are telling me stuff than having to tell people other, you know, tell the kids stuff. But, uh, you know, you, we rely on the Lord and, and uh, hopefully tonight we, we, you guys will get something out of this. If not anything, I will get something out of it. I know it touched my heart. I learned this from Pop. You can unbutton your vest. It's okay to do that. It's getting a little warm up here. Um, let's open up to Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It was funny. Whenever Dad was um, the prelude up to the homecoming, we were working, and uh, we talk a lot about the, the Bible and the things of the Lord and, and what we've been reading pretty frequently or what we see. And um, I said something about, ah, I was reading in Acts chapter 2 and verse 17, and he goes, well, I was... I'm getting ready to preach something out of that, and um, just a little different spinoff of it tonight. Uh, So Acts chapter 2 and verse 17, it says, And it shall come to pass in those last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Let me follow, Lord. Thank you for giving me the opportunity tonight, God, to share. Lord, Lord, anoint me, God. Uh, Lord, give me the words to say, Jesus. Because on my own, Lord, I don't know anything, God. I don't, my, my words don't mean anything, Lord. And so, Lord, touch my mouth, Lord. Touch my mind, God. Lord, let me to speak tonight, Lord, and, and touch people's hearts, Lord. And, and we're going to give you the praise and the glory for it. In your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so I'm going to tell you guys a little story to start off tonight. There was a, uh, there was a young man who was a, a wrestler. Um, and he had a dream. I'm, from, from the time he was a, a young guy, he had a dream that he, he wanted to become a, a high school wrestler and a state champion and a, and a, and a college All-American and an Olympian eventually. I mean, that's kind of, a, a guys, that, if you play any sports, if any of you have ever played any sports, you, if it's basketball, then you, you want to play high school basketball, college basketball. And this young man had this dream, right? And he, he headed his life in that direction to pursue that. And the defi- I looked up the definition of a dream. And, uh, the, de- the definition of a dream is a condition or an achievement that is longed for. Right? It's something that you, you desire real strong. And this young man desired it really, really strong. His father and his coaches could see the vision for this young man and tried and tried to reveal to him how he could become all the things he wanted to be. But the young man never did develop the vision. He was so caught up in achieving the dream that he never developed his vision for his success. Sure, he was very talented, worked hard, but the vision and the drive to achieve those goals never set in, which resulted in him being successful in others' eyes, but failing to ever achieve what he could have or should have achieved. That young man was me in wrestling. I talked talked to my dad about that a couple weeks ago. And I realized in reading this verse that, and we were talking about this, that 
it's so easy in life to have a dream, right? You have a dream as, as a young person who serves Christ. You have a dream that, man, I want to get married. I want to have children. I want to raise them up in the house of the Lord. But you never develop a vision for it, right? You never develop a, a, a long-term plan. I was reading this verse a couple weeks ago in Acts chapter 2, and the verse hit me. It reminded me of my life and the story uh, of the story I told. The young, uh, young men have so many dreams and aspirations, right? That's really what a dream is, and it is an aspiration. But without a vision guiding it, that never leads to anything successful. So young men dream dreams, but then simply, uh, sorry, so if the young men dream if the young men dream, then simple deduction would be that the old men have the vision. The old men have vision, and it's their calling and duty and their responsibility to relay and deliver that to the young men of the next generation and women. Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way it should go, and when he is old, it will not depart from him. We've heard this verse too many times to count. But this is talking more, in, in my mind, it's talking more of a lifestyle. And it's talking more of our lifestyle and how we live our life more than it really is actually physical things. Now, it's not like in wrestling, whenever you're training, you're, you go run and, and you do push-ups and sit-ups, right? And in football, you do all these training exercises to, to, uh, with your feet and, and different things. It's not so much actually the actual physical aspect of training up your children, right? So, hey, we go to church on Sunday, we go to church on Wednesday night, we read and we pray. In my mind, it's more delivering Christ to them, giving them the vision of Christ. We're not just giving good life advice on how to live for Christ, but we're departing into them the vision of Christ, and when we do that, we will, it will not depart from them. We all through scripture find these examples of men seeing a vision of Christ and the impact of that on their lives and their children's lives. So tonight I want to start off with King David, right? A man after God's own heart. Some, some, some people, you know, we read his, his psalms and some people consider him a, a really great man and very wise and, and was very close to the Lord. But he did not depart his vision of, of, of the Lord to his children. We read his writings and consider him a great man, but he fails to deliver this vision to his children. His children have a complete disregard for God and his desire in their lives. Just being a man after God's own heart isn't enough to deliver Christ to your children. This, like I said, this really woke me up a couple months ago whenever we had my son. And this realization that I'm sure every parent in here had, has come to at some point of, am I doing enough? <laughs> You know, it, it, he's, he's still young. He's only three months old. But am I doing enough? Am I preparing myself to deliver Christ to this young child? Am I, am I preparing myself? Am I, am I doing lip service? You know, is it, is it good enough for me? Sure. What I'm doing may be good enough for me, but is it good enough to deliver Christ to my son? And then it, it, it's awoken me as a youth pastor. Am I doing enough to deliver Christ to the kids I'm, I'm pastoring over, the kids I'm overseeing? Samuel is a prophet from God diligently serves the Lord his whole life. But again, as David did, he, he fails to deliver Christ to his children. And let's go to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 1. And it came to pass when Samuel was old 
that he made his sons judges over Israel. Uh, now the name of the firstborn was Joel, and the name of the second was Abiah, and they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and, uh, and to look to, uh, to brides and perverted judgment. And then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, and I want to I really focus on this, heart, this part, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Samuel failed to deliver his vision to his children. We see this very often in the Bible, these great men of God that fail to deliver their vision, right? Uh, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Let me go ahead and just keep reading down. (laughs) I believe Abraham departs his vision to Isaac before he ever lays him on the altar. Because I was thinking about this whenever I was writing this out. My dad, he's a wrestler. He's a strong man. He's not going to hold me down on an altar if I don't want to be down there, right? I mean, Colton, Colton, where's he at? Oh, he's at football. Colton's a pretty, a pretty pretty, big guy, and Isaac's an even bigger guy. Isaac's not really going to be able to hold Colton down very well on an altar unless Isaac, right, Abraham and Isaac, unless Isaac has the vision of his father. Something had been bestowed upon him, whether he fully grasped it yet, which I don't believe he probably did. I don't think until after the altar and after God, God provides the sacrifices, Isaac probably even see even greater the vision that Abraham had for him and for, this, and for the nation to come for his children, because if he didn't have a glimpse, then there's no way that Abraham would have held him on, his, on the altar. I think the altar emboldened his vision that Abraham had planted in him. We see Paul, the, the Apostle Paul, who is going and killing Christians until he sees an image of Christ on the road to Damascus. Then he becomes the writer of, the, uh, the, uh, of most of the New Testament. Uh, I want to go to 1 Kings chapter 19 and and uh, verse 19 and 21. And Dustin did an amazing job a couple months ago talking about Elijah and Elisha. And it really touched my heart. But we, before, before we read that, we see, uh, we see Elijah, Elisha, sorry, Elisha, this is a, that's a tongue twister, sees something in Elijah that would cause him to leave everything and follow him. And in verse 19, do you, have, you don't have it up there? Uh, chapter 19, verse 19. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing the field with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth, uh, with the twelfth, and Elisha passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. Go to verse 20. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said unto him, let, uh, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, go back again, for what have I done to thee? Go to verse 21. And he returned back from, the, from him and took the, a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with an instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people. And they did eat 
And then he rose and went after Elijah and, and ministered unto him. So Elisha sees something in Elijah that obviously would cause him to desire to follow him, right? He leaves everything behind. Elisha leaves everything behind, departed from his family to follow after Elijah. And as he, as he begins to follow Elijah, something is departed upon him, right? Obviously, that something is delivered to him. This vision that Elijah has is that delivered to Elisha. And he, whenever Elijah is taken up, Elisha picks up his mantle and continued right where Elijah left off. And go to 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 15. And when the sons of the prophets, which were uh, to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah is a rest upon Elisha. We must pa- pass this mantle of the vision of Christ to the next generation. It is our calling as Christians, elders, and parents. And if we fail to do this, we have failed as Christians, parents, and elders. So many people have gotten an image and a vision, but it's the wrong one. It's the wrong image and vision. It's not Christ. The vision isn't social justice. It's not good works. It's not love. It's not church growth. It's not raising pastors, it's not raising worship leaders or musicians. We aren't raising worship leaders, pastors, youth pastors, prophets. We are raising our children with the same vision of Christ that has been delivered unto us. To the young people, just like Elisha, we must have young people willing and devoted to seeing and pursuing the vision of Christ that has been departed unto them. There isn't a new revelation, insight, manifestation, or doctrine. It's all the same old ways that have been laid before your parents that will continually be laid in front of you. The church has been trying a lot of new things throughout the years. And look where, where it's gotten us. It is vital that we don't miss this. Nothing else can be departed. There is no way, no truth, no life except for Jesus Christ. The way is Christ. The truth is Christ. The life is Christ. This is exactly what Acts chapter 2 is talking about. Nothing can be departed except for Christ. And once we have done that, then we will all be in one in mind, in one accord. And there is no, there's no other way. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon, for the foundation can no man lay then that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. There is nothing else that can be laid. We, we, this, is a, this is a call, I feel like, that, that like I said, no, maybe nobody else gets anything from this, but this is a call I feel like the Lord's put on my life, to wake up. I can't depart anything else. I've been raised in church my whole life. We were talking the other night. I was talking to the, the youth pastor there at that church that we were at. I've been raised in church my whole life. I can quote a lot of scriptures off of memory, but that's not good enough. Going to church on Sunday, Wednesday nights, that's not good enough. How we live our life, hey, we don't watch bad things. We don't go to the, to the movies. We don't go do this. That's not good enough. We have to depart Christ and give the children a vision that they can look towards and set their dreams towards, otherwise it falls apart. We've seen this all throughout, throughout churches in America. 
that they try to depart holiness. They try to depart a, a certain way of life or there's a certain doctrine. It's not doctrine. We don't depart doctrine. We depart Christ into our children. And whenever we do that, we will raise up a generation that will not stumble, will not fall. Nothing else will be built, will be built upon the foundation except for Christ. This is what it's talking about earlier on whenever I was reading. that it will, He will not depart from it. Because whenever we give our children Christ, even whenever we, we, we maybe start to stumble, and we maybe start to fall, we look towards Him and we follow Him. Because there's something there that we have to have. But whenever, there's, whenever it's built upon other things, then we're not going to follow. We're not, the children, children are not stupid. They look, they, they look at us parents, and this is something that I, I really have, the Lord has been really pressing on my heart, that that baby boy, as he begins to grow up, is going to look at my life, and he's going to see where I'm a hypocrite and where I'm not. And the children in our church look at, at the elders in the church and the pastors in the church, and they see, that guy's a hypocrite. That guy's not living a life. That guy's, even if they can't even put it into words, they know. So in my life, I have to make sure I'm departing Christ into that little guy. Just like my grandpa departed Christ into my dad, and my dad has departed Christ unto me, I have to therefore then depart Christ unto my son. And as husbands, we have to depart Christ into our family. We are set to be the leaders of our home. We're not, we're not supposed to rule and reign and, and, and try to control our job is to... Dustin's starting to smile. You like the ruling and reigning part. Our job is to depart Christ into our family. Nothing else. Everything else fails. I might have beaten Austin how, how quickly that was, but that's all I have for tonight. Depart Christ.